Asia Tech Podcast with Graham Brown and Michael Waits. Hi, this is Michael Waits from Asia Tech Podcast Stories, and I am talking to Sahib Anansongwit, who's the CEO and founder at Seekster. How are you doing today? All good, Michael. How are you? I am great. So I want to start by saying this. You must have a sense of humor. <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> but you have to because, and you know, I was so I interviewed somebody this morning, right, and he... One of his first companies was named Beijing Sammies. Okay, now it turns out that his first name is Samuel. Okay. I'm gonna, I'll get to the why that I think this is funny in a second, right? I, I already foresee that, but yes, I'll let you go on. But you know where I'm going, right? Anyway, yes. So, so it was a little bit of a play on words, right? And so he, I, I didn't get the Sammy part right away because it's also a sandwich shop, and if you know anything about Australia, the Australian sort of colloquial term for a sandwich is a Sammy. So his partner right. in this business was Australian. He was like, yeah, let's name it Beijing Sammy's because we're making sandwiches. And it took me, you know, because I'm not that bright, a few minutes to figure out that this was a pun, right? And a pun on multiple levels. Right. So I'm just going to say to you, I get it. <laughs> For sure. But I, think For it's, sure. but I think it's funny. But I also, proves that, I also think it proves that, like, you're self-aware enough to have a great sense of humor. And to me, that alone is really awesome. Well, I, I get this quite a few times now, actually. I'm sure and, you uh, do, but and and w do you want to reveal it, or should I say? But um, I think it's I'll, better for you. You know, I have my own things that I talk about, but I think it's better for you because I think I think people maybe because the whole idea, right, for ATP Stories is to is to give a platform for people in Thailand in particular, but in Southeast Asia in general, for people who may not know what's going on out here, how robust, not just the business environment is, but sort of the tech environment and the startup environment. You know, so when somebody from the United States or somebody from Europe, and we get listeners literally from all over the world, hear this uh -huh. and even see the name of your company, they'll think search, you know, they'll think all the things that are associated with the one-sided part of the joke, but they won't get the rest of it. And that's why I kind of wanted to point it out because I think it's hilarious and most people will just be like, what are they talking about? Okay. So, I mean, I'm sure this is a podcast. Not sure whether they can – I mean, I'm sh they're not going to probably get to see my face unless they go search it. But, yes, uh, my name is Saheb Anansongwit. Uh, I am a, a Sikh and and – and that's not where Seekster came from, but yes, uh, you could relate it somehow. Uh, I just, am. It's just a great sorry. sense of humor. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I am. I am the co-founder of uh, and the CEO of Seekster, and uh, I have a Thai surname. That's because you know my family. I'm, I'm the third generation now in 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 Thailand, and they, you know, we were just all supposed to have a Thai surname just to make it uh, legally and officially easier for us to you know get a. Uh, uh, Thai national ID card and 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 forth so on. So yes, my name is Saib and uh, I'm a Sikh. But a lot of times people keep asking me this question: whether was it you know, was it a pun intended? Uh, somehow you could say yes. So it was a lot to do with branding as well. Because right. uh, today, because because today you obviously see a turban guy uh, running as a CEO or co-founder of a of a company that's called Seekster. A lot of people ask me the same question that I just got asked by you as well, Michael. <laughs> yeah, it's, for me, it's less of a question. It's just like. I love the self-awareness part of it. Do you know what I mean? Like to yes, me, yes. to me as a global citizen, it doesn't matter in the least. Like none of that matter. It's just the sense of humor part. Like it's like if I named my company having something to do with some Yiddish word on by accident. Do you know what I mean? It's like everybody yes. knows I'm Jewish, but doesn't matter. It's just funny to me. 
Right, right. So can you talk can you talk to me about this because I think this is actually really interesting just culturally and historically. You said you're third generation, right? Yes, that's correct. So how does how does that happen? There's a very and again, this is something else I want people to know too. There's a very like um strong is maybe the wrong word, but there's a very robust community here of immigrants that have been very successful, you know, second generation, third generation. So do you want to tell the story of your family, like how you got here? Because I think that's fascinating. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, you know, when 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 India and Pakistan uh, separated, we had, uh, you know, a lot of the Indians had to fl- uh, flee away from from the border of Pakistan. So so we we basically the community, most of the people, most of the Thai Indians here in Bangkok or in Thailand today come from like a few villages in, in that borderline right. between Pakistan and India. Now, when the separation did happen, a lot of people were 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 forced, you know, I mean, pretty much you, you they just they just picked up whatever they had and they just left. Yeah, you know, and 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 at that point of time, there were there was only very few limited options you could choose from. You know, like uh, some families went to, you know, uh, Africa. Some families went to uh, came to Thailand. Some some families went to Australia. Um, you know, some went to Canada, and and just for on. So so you know, my part of the family, I would say, or their whole community that's here today. Uh, obviously, today is a is a much bigger family because it's right. third generation now. But back then, uh, all those people they basically just came like with you know, um, with with a, a small sack of whatever belongings they had and the little you know expertise and the knowledge they had in in textile because you know you we all know that Indians it's it's in their blood to somehow be associated with with textiles. Well, so that that, that know, part of it, the country, right? That the border between Pakistan and India is also very famous, right, for that type of stuff. Yes, right? yes, that's correct. That's correct. So that that's what would mo- most of the tradesmen at that point of time would basically do, uh, you know, uh, sell, buy, sell, barter, and and basically eat uh, eat the margin in between. Right. And 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 that's what you know our my ancestors or my 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 great grandfather was was doing at that point of time when they came down to Thailand back in 1950s, I would say. Wow. And just to give you a little perspective for my view on this, right? So in another part of the world, my my grandfather would have done a similar thing, right? And he did it at a very right. young age. So he would have, you know, packed very small belongings, walked from some, literally walked, right? So and I'm sure your family did a lot of walking as well, but walked from somewhere in the Ukraine to, you know, Morocco, Right, got on a right. boat and ended up in Boston with nothing, and did kind of the same thing that you your family did. You know, just kicked ass, took no prisoners, and then started sending money home. Right to the extent that that was even possible. Do you know what I mean? Like somehow got a message to somebody there that said, "Okay, please come and join me because a I need help and b it's better here than it was there." Kind of thing. So I sure. get, I I get mean, that whole concept. It's really fascinating to me. Yes, I I mean it's fascinating and 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 you know. Um, I, I have huge respect for them because sure. you know these these people these people are the self-made people who 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 basically have provided us with a golden spoon today. 
Right. You know, I mean, today, I mean, we, we can easily just graduate from college and, you know, have the best of lives and, and have a job that's paying you decent enough to, you know, get, get around with. But these people, you know, our, our ancestors were the one who, who went through the hardship in life to, to, you know, get what we have today. So, so huge respect to them. And, and the stories that I hear from my granddad till date is, uh, you know, um, uh, it amazes me, you know, from the fact that, because when we, when they came here, they, they were not even in Bangkok, actually, they were in the outskirts. So right. they were like, in Ubon, Rajatami, and you know, right. and at that point of time, when you you just come with the little that you have, and you're unsure how to start a new life here in a in an unknown city or country, uh, you know, with no language, no connections, and oh, you know, all you have is a know-how of of how to do business, and they, so he basically started off like with with setting up. Uh, he actually saw an opportunity at that point of time. The the American GI was based here. And he actually saw an opportunity, and and he he set up a small camp in the in the in the base itself, and that's when oh, he wow. actually that's when he actually started a, a tailor shop, was you know a, I would say a tailor camp I would say perhaps you know wow. that's uh, yeah so he he was a self made man who 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 knew a lot about textiles and then he you know, started measuring these these uh, American GI uh, people and then making suits for them at that point of time you know so. You, you could imagine that at that point of time, with that amount of, uh, you know, people at that base, and he was the only tailor, he was basically selling suits the way McDonald's sells burgers today. I was going to say, he needed help. Yes, for sure, for sure. And, and you know, and, and, and the little savings that, you know, that he would do at that point of time, uh, the little saving. I mean, every penny that they would make, you know, he would keep just keep saving and saving until... A day came that he he finally managed to come, you know, uh, grab bigger opportunities here in Bangkok, right? You know, the capital city, and and that's when they started off from, uh, you know, a, a very humble beginning, and then moved out to Bangkok, uh, bought a very small house, uh, started the same tailor shop here, and we were lucky back then. We actually uh, got a, a, a tailor shop in in Sukhumvit. Nice. You know, I mean, not that a lot of people know how what Sukhumvit Eleven was back 30 years or 40 years ago but but you know if you look at what Sukhumvit 11 is today it's a landmark on its own yeah I mean think about it like back then it would have been like being on Madison Avenue and 72nd Street you know what I mean like, that's that's correct that's it, it correct. really that's is and, and, and again that's why I want to tell this story right because if you fast forward all the way to Seekster you're missing a whole bunch of reasons why you even think you can do this do you know what I mean Absolutely. Because Absolutely. I, I strongly believe, and again, you tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I really strongly believe that like, when you wake up every day with the struggles, and I know because I've been watching this company develop over time, right? Every day is hard. Every day is a struggle. You know, you've had a lot right. of great things happen, but it wasn't just because you sat around, had a cigarette, and someone came and made you successful. And I, I right. have to believe, right? Because I think about this too. You know, my grandfather left his hometown when he was seven years old alone. And uh-huh. when I think about, you know, literally like riding my scooter home in the rain or, you know, I can't get into my favorite restaurant tonight kind of complaint. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't even think I have to finish the rest of the statement, but I just think about that guy like was on a boat when he was seven years old alone going to a country where he didn't speak a language, didn't know where he was going to end up and literally didn't know what he was going to do. Right. And because of that, I got to go to college and now... I can live anywhere in the world I want and I can have a conversation with you about like that. And that to me is amazing. For sure. For sure. I mean, um, every time I, I, I meet my granddad till date, I, I still 
you know, try to dig into old stories and keep asking him on, on you know, what, what, um, how did he overcome these challenges and fears at that point of time? Because right. all these stories really motivate me. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to have an, you know, an elder brother who, who has taken up the family business so that I can perhaps, ah. you know, come out, come out and venture out and try something different. But you know, the family business is still part of my my blood. I mean, I can yeah. I can still go out there and sell suits or shirts and 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 trousers for to anyone if if I was to, you know. And and that's just because of the the whole culture, the whole values that that I've just you know seen growing up, uh, you know, from my granddad to my dad and and to my uncle and and you know, this it's just being in being in uh being in this this culture, this, this family, uh, where it's, you know, it's so everything is about, I mean, everyone's an entrepreneur and, and everything's so much about business. It, it, it gives me like, you know, huge motivation to learn from them. I mean, obviously there are downsides to it because, you know, all we end up doing is just talking about business when we go out for dinners or lunches, <laughs> probably not, probably not the best, uh, uh, you know, best topic to be talking about during family outings. But, but yes, um, there's just so much to learn every time we have a conversation. Yeah, I mean, I would make the case to you that being able to grow up in a family like that, and even if it's not ridiculously successful, having those types of conversations with your mother, your aunts, you know, your dad, your uncles, and your grandparents is just, you know, your brain is constantly working. It's great for you regardless of what kind of family you come out of. But again, with that, the embedded struggle is something that translates really well once you move into the startup environment, right? And there is, remember... So you said it in a way, like you're slightly lucky because you have an older brother, right? So he goes in and succeeds your father, who was probably, maybe not, but probably the older brother as well. Um, right. Just because just traditionally that's the way it works. And that's the way it works in almost all cultures, right? So, you know, I, yes. I, I take a little bit of flack in my family because I didn't, you know, I didn't become a lawyer or a doctor, but my younger brother did. So my brother's a neurosurgeon. Everyone's really proud of him and nobody cares, <laughs> nobody cares about me. But, I mean, that's a little bit of a joke, but you understand the point, right? Right. Um, but again, there's an encouragement from your family to you, I'm presuming, but also an expectation as well. Like, he's going to have to do something to succeed. If that means coming into the family business, good enough. But right. if he's going to go away from that, we want him to succeed at something. So there's a little bit of pressure there too, no? For sure. I mean, I mean, it wasn't easy for me to actually step out as well. Um, you know, I mean, going back to school days and, and, and college days, uh, yes, I have grown up all my life uh, looking at, you know, my mom, dad working and, and, you know, pretty much grown up in the shop, I would say. But, um, so, you know, ever since college and when I was in college, I, I, I actually didn't, I actually didn't live a college life, you know, that uh, the the classic American no let's say the the college life that everyone you know yearns for in school right well because I I, I was pretty much back at the shop uh, almost every single day you right. know or, or, or in between my midterms I would go with my brother or my sales guy abroad to go and sell suits you know or do our our our, our yearly visits and you know I, I but I kind of enjoyed that I enjoyed that a lot because uh, you know dressing up and tailoring was was part of the you know, part of the business, part of the family, and and somehow it just it just actually turned into a passion as well. But you know, at that point of time, I I always knew that I wanted to to do something of my own. I wanted to, you know, I just didn't want to be labeled as as a successor to my dad's business or right. or my granddad's success. So I wanted to go out there, do something of my own, and see you know whether I will make it or not. 
you know, and, and at that point of time, uh, I was about, so I finished, I finished, I graduated from college and I, and you know, my dad always wanted me to try out the carpet wool because, you know, he said, you, you might want to test out the carpet wool. Perhaps you could somehow someday make more money than, than what you're making, you know, what the family's making right now. You know, you, you would probably take longer than this, but you know, your, your future will be, will be secured. That's interesting. Said, That's interesting in and of itself, isn't it? Right, right, for sure, you know, and, and, and that, and that to, and that to me was very, uh, amusing because my dad wasn't really like, you know, come to the shop, you know, we need manpower and stuff. So I said, you know what, since you're saying it, I took a, a double major in, in, in college, graduate, graduated with a degree, uh, I mean, with honors, and I, I got a job in Deloitte straight away after college. And you know what, I didn't even last six months in there because I kind of hated it. I felt suffocated. But tell me, I was, tell me why. That's, that's interesting too. So you because, went, and do you think your dad, not on purpose, but do you think part of it was, do you know what I mean? Like, because think about this, you'll be a parent at some point too. There's a very subtle like fine line about how to teach your children kind of anything, but in a way like sure. teach them a life lesson. He could sit I, I you down, right, and tell you, here's the way corporate world works and here's the difference between this and you would be like, yeah, whatever. Because do you know what I mean? But if you go sure. do it, then you know. Yes, I agree. I'm, I mean, when I look back at it now, it could probably be, you know, some some sort of a hidden message in there to let me go right. and experience it for myself. Right. And and I, I did go, and you know, I I I was there for six months, and I felt suffocated because, you know, I would just go in an office and do the same thing day in day out, and you know, I I just felt like I wasn't, I wasn't growing myself. I wasn't doing anything challenging from what I was doing yesterday. I wasn't speaking to people, you know. I was just doing the same desk job that anyone else could replace me. So, which is you know, weird, right? Because Deloitte, not just in Bangkok, but globally, that's a good job. For sure. I mean, I got a pretty good package as soon as graduating from ABAC as well. You know, I mean, right, right. At, that, at that point in time, I got a good package as well. And and uh, within six months, they were promoting me to junior, uh, you know, a junior associate as well. But then that's when I, I, I just said no. I was like, you know, thank you for the offer, but I, I just don't see myself here. And, you know, but, but that's when I took the decision. I said, you know, I want to go back and perhaps go do something I love. And that was, you know, family business. And because I loved, uh, you know, I loved suiting up people. I loved talking about fashion, went back to the store, uh, you know, in between I was selling cars as well. So I did quite a lot of saving in, in selling cars, secondhand cars to people. So I was doing, I was, I made some good money there. Um, but when I went back to the, when I went back to the, to the, to the shop, to the tailor shop, I, you know, then realized that, you know, there, after a year, I realized I wanted to do something on my own because that's always been something that I've had on my mind that I want to do something on my own that I could somehow tell myself that, hey, you know, yes, you have tried. If you, if you, if you succeed, that's great. If you fail, you know, you always have, you always have a cushion back home that, you know, you could fall back to. And I consider myself lucky for that, but, but it wasn't something that would pull me back at any time. Right. I mean, till date as well. So went out there and then we, we just started off, we just started off a, so, when when, uh, we when, had, when did Seekster start? Sorry. Yeah, so I I, I I mean I'll just get to it in a very quick bit. So ahead, we sorry. basically okay. we, we from the tailor shop we, we started off we started building boutique hotels, right? We started building boutique hotels in Sorry Eleven itself, uh, one in, in, in right at the back, so I, at the beginning of the street and one at the end of the street, mm -hmm. and uh, that's that's when sorry. I was asked it. 
then that's when I was asked, hey, you know what, do you want to go manage the hotel? Because since you want to do something different, I said, sure, I might want to take up the challenge and see how things, how the hospitality industry could be for me. Right. So I went to manage the hotel. And that was, you know, we had about 22 beds, um, 22 rooms, a small boutique hotel. And that's when I actually encountered problems, maintenance and cleaning problems myself. Ah. You know, I, went, I was yes, going to so ask, okay, okay, go ahead. Sorry, that makes a lot of sense now. Yes, yeah, so so that's when I actually like you know every time a customer would check in and there would be like a problem. I, I mean, you know, my one of the rooms would be ha- would have a leaking faucet or their aircon would go bust in the middle of the night or you know I needed to to change a, 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 a tube light. You know, basically for a boutique hotel, you wouldn't have a full time no. handyman because it doesn't make it doesn't make fi- uh, financial sense. You no. know, it does. So so at that point of time, I would just you know be really agitated when I had to go out and find a technician or a handyman to come and fix a very small thing and you know get I get like an answer firstly finding them was really difficult secondly when I actually had to when I actually got someone they would come in like the next day not even the same day and thirdly when they would come in they would charge me a bomb for a small thing right so like just just for a small issue like tissue paper being clogged in the pot I would be charged thousand baht just to clear that off Right, you know, and and these and these are the kind of things that you you won't want to wait. You will just pay because right. you have just, your like, next... just just do it. I, you know what I mean? Exactly. Just, like, just finish Cause it because you have your next guest checking in who's going to pay you thir- uh, thirteen hundred baht a night. You know, so so it's so at that point of time, I was like, oh my god, this is this is a pain. I mean, like, why isn't there a, a platform where right. I could just you know where I could just put in my request and and perhaps get get you know the get quotes or get, you know, confirmations from service providers who are available at that point of time. And, you know, I could precisely know what I'm going to be paying for, for this simple job or uh, for any task. And, and that's it. You know, I just wanted to know that whether there was a platform. And when I did my search, there was actually none out there. You know, so there was, there was, there was no platform out there that could give me the availability of a contractor, a technician or a handyman as per my requirements. So that that to me that problem to me I saw it as an opportunity and and you know I mean at that point in time it was a very big idea and and you know Uber and Grab had just come into Thailand like not long ago it was about two years before that so so at that point in time they were doing heavy marketing to change the habits of people to actually start booking taxis online or you know rides online right so that's when I did some research and you know I just I was like I believe there has to be you know, there has to be some sort of an Airbnb or Uber for services. Right. I mean, and in a way, you know, timing is always something that, that is lucky, right? In the sense you didn't for have sure. to, you didn't have to, and I'll use the sort of technical term for this, right? You didn't have to spend any money educating the market on why that business model was going to work. Not just from, Absolutely. Own, not just from the owner of the platform, but for the user of the platform and for the people that sat on the platform as well. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I mean, you're completely correct because, uh, all we had to do in the beginning was just say we are Grab or Uber for services. Right, you know? simple. Everyone gets it, and everyone gets it. Everyone got it. You know, because if you say, "Oh yeah, we are a marketplace for services or a platform to you know take care of your property," it, it just sounded too complicated for everyone. Right. But, but but you know, because Grab and Uber did their jobs of uh, of of heavily changing trends by 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 burning a lot of cash. Uh, you know, that just that that was something that we leveraged on basically. So, so you're right. Timing was was absolutely uh, very, very uh, crucial at this at that point of time when we launched. And I mean, obviously, there we had a lot of ups and downs going up, and you know, getting the platform run up and running. But 
But but yes, that was actually the start of Seekster. It was you know the idea came up back in June 2015. By the time I could you know get really serious about it on on going out there doing things myself, uh, finding the right co-founders and you know finally making a, my mind that hey yes we are going to start a new venture. Uh, yeah, so that took a while. That took about six months, and uh, Seekster finally kicked off uh, on on January 2016. Wow. So it hasn't even been around for that long. Yes, that's correct. It's, it's, we're, we're just going to be uh, two years in about three months now. So what do you think it would have been like if you actually had to explain to people what that meant? You know, the sharing economy is not exactly what you're doing, right? But in a way, you, you're sharing resources, right? But if you think you had to go out and explain to people what that platform was like before Uber and Grab and company and Airbnb, like how much harder do you think it would have been? Uh, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't want to imagine that, to be very honest. That because, bad, I think. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. I mean, um, you know, uh, I mean, even for Uber or Grab to have people change trends, I mean, they're still to, they're still doing it to date. I would say, you know, for people to. So I, I would say about eight years ago, there was there was a there was a massive trend in e-commerce, right? When 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 all these big players uh, came in and and try to make people, Thai people, change their habits to to start shopping online, right? Because uh, right. that, that was that was like the dot com, and then you know, then the apps, and then you start purchasing things online. Um, so you know, there was there's a whole trend of e commerce that that they like the big players overcame that, right? And then came the trend of, and then they came trend of transportation. So like Uber, Grab, so from getting you from point A to point B. So these guys had to overcome the trend of getting people to book. Um, gra- uh, taxis or let's say bikes for that fact, uh, which which took a while. So you know that's that's it's. I would say it's. I, I would say they've been successful at least by seventy eighty percent now because a lot of people know Uber or Grab. Like I would say a lot of people in Bangkok at least, the urban population knows Grab Uber. Uh, you know, quite easy. Right. But and then came the and then I would say came the trend where you know we have which we are constantly still doing, but. Get the trend of getting people to actually book services online, you know. So instead of, you know, getting booking your maid or aircon cleaner or plumber from getting the number off from, uh, you know, Yellow Pages or Google or, or, or sorry, or, you know, getting it off a, a street or a tree that has a number of, you know, the uh, your local plumber or electrician, uh, actually getting them to say, hey, you know what, you can pre-book your service provider online uh, from, a, from a curated pool of, you know, People that that would be much more trustworthy than just a, a random number off the off a tree, you know? right off a tree, so, or, or off of the front of Villa Supermarket or something, right? That that's correct. That's correct. So, so I mean, I wouldn't want to imagine how I would have to explain that, but 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 I would say it, it would just have to be. It, it would have been really tough if we had to tell people like you know, hey, we are trying to connect you to a pool of reliable service providers who are looking for jobs as well, and yes. Similarly, explain those guys that hey, we're trying to get you onto an online platform where we could start getting more leads for you rather than you posting, you know, your 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 flyers or papers on trees or walls. Right. So I want to talk a little bit about your experience with the difference between a business to business, right, a B two B effort and a B two C business, and I'll tell you why. When when I first heard the concept of Seekster, and I want to talk a little bit later about you know competition because you're not the only player in this market and I don't think it's winner take all to be fair um, 
and I think there are multiple business models too. But when you first started, was it more, you know, my, uh, my feeling was always, particularly in a city like Bangkok, was that an individual family is all, always, that can afford a maid or that wants a cook or that needs to have their air conditioning fixed, generally already has those service providers pretty much at their call, right? Mm-hmm. But it seems like you flipped it around a little bit and said, it's not for individuals, it's for businesses. Like you said, for 22-room hotels or 200-room, like I'm sure that, you know, whether it's, um, you know, a, a smaller hotel or, you know, the Anantara, the air conditioning is still going to break and they may not right. have somebody overnight that can fix it or they may not have enough people that can do it. So what's the difference in your mind between running those two types of businesses? And did you pivot away from B2C or was it always B2B? Okay, great. I mean, uh, I, I'll just go back a little bit from our idea stage to what who we are right now. I'll try to make it short. but No, no. Take as uh, much time as you want. I really want to know. Okay, so great. So so basically, when when the idea came up, now you know, I mean, it wasn't just a pain point from from what I had at the hotel, uh, but you know, I, I I would see my sister who was just graduating uh, high school at that point of time who couldn't find a photographer, you know. What used to happen back then, and what still happens now, is that people go to Facebook, uh, Facebook groups, and basically right. say, "Hey, I'm looking for a photographer uh, on this day, this time for this function," and there would be tons of people tagging tons of other people. You know, and then you would have to individually go and talk to everyone. Now, I, I was like, you know, I'm sure there's, there's the same problem where a lot of people have finding different services. So at at the first point, Seekster was we launched our website being a platform for all sorts of services. So we actually were under four main verticals being home repair maintenance, um, events, tutoring, and basically uh, uh, internet, so like online design, so like web graphic designs, you know, um, making your websites, uh, Adobe Illustrator, uh, designer and stuff. Right. So we had from we had people from like photographers to makeup artists to to tutors to right, videographers. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, you know. So at that point of time, we thought, hey, you know, we want to be the marketplace for all sorts of services. We want, we actually wanted to be the Airbnb of the services. But it was just about three months into the business, and we, you know, we realized that, hey, uh, you know, we were getting traction, we were getting a lot of orders, but we weren't actually getting, you know, real conversions. We weren't getting real conversions, and 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 we we couldn't make money off it i mean it wasn't our primary goal at that point of time to make money but when you know when i started talking to when i started talking to mentors when i was lucky to have one guy who i still owe a lot to is is, is tiwa york from yeah, he was amazing sorry yeah he was know, amazing so so tiwa at that point of time i mean um i'll just like to add the story into that as well but Please uh, at that point of time four, we were 4 months down into 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 our company and and I, you know, I just went for a few awards. I mean, a few competitions, and I, I kind of, we kind of came first on almost the, all the, all the big competitions out there. You know, like I do uh, remember seeing a lot of pictures of you guys. Yes, that's correct. So that gave us a lot of confidence. But you know, and then, and then came DTAC Asteroid Batch Four. Yep. You know, and then came DTAC Asteroid Batch Four, and and and, and truth be told, we we thought we were one of the strong teams, and and you know, a lot of people actually said, hey, you know, Seekster, you guys are going to definitely get in and and whatnot. But you know. Um, Things didn't go expected as as what we expected, and we didn't get through. You know, so it it was definitely a big fail for us. And and at that point of time, I almost thought that you know, hey, I'm I'm gonna go back to my office next day, and I'm just gonna shut the operations. We're gonna shut down because I hardly had any 
uh, money in the bank. I hardly had any, you know, we didn't have a, a solid business plan at that point of time, according to what people said. And, you know, I just lost all motivation, as you know, because that that was basically I thought that would be our turning point. So so we failed DTAC batch four, but you know what? Tiwa was great. He was like, hey, you know what? If I can't be your official mentor, I'm going to be your unofficial mentor. So come over to my office anytime and, you know, let's let, bounce ideas. I'm happy to help you out. So so that's when I actually got real, real hard talk straight to my face. And I was like, and he was like, you know, dude, this, this marketplace that you're talking about is not going to work because you're a startup, a team of five people, and you guys want to achieve something so big. You know, startups are not... Not what you're talking, not how you see it. Of that, you want to conquer everything from day one. Why don't you go back to the drawing board, niche what you're actually started the sixer from? So Tiva always kept saying, "Go back to the original problem. Why did you start this? Why did you start this?" Yeah, and 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 just choose one vertical that you feel that would serve the purpose of you starting this. And I said, "Okay, you know that's quite clear to me. It's home repair maintenance." You know, because we always knew that this is the most biggest market if we look at one vertical, right? So, so, so we went back. We three co-founders went back to the drawing board. We said, "Hey, you know what? We're just going to cut off everything else on the platform. We're going to niche it down to just this particular vertical. That's home repair maintenance." Now, obviously, we needed to choose precisely what services we wanted to sell, but we just um, we just chose home cleaning. So like maids and AC cleaning as our main two core services first. And that's simply because, one, we wanted retention and we knew maids could would, could create retention. And, and, and AC cleaning was just because of the number of the, the volume. There's like almost 12 to 15 million air cons in Bangkok. Right. right? So, so we knew there's always going to be demand but that's that's pretty much how we started off now as soon as uh, as soon as that kicked in like about june july we we narrowed it down and then the other the other big move that we actually did and 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 that was one of our biggest uh, biggest differentiating point from our from our competitors at that point in time was we said hey we're not just going to be a marketplace we want to go beyond a marketplace we want to be a platform not a marketplace just just connect a to provider B, right? Because then there's you know, no, because then there's no differentiation, right? That's correct, and you know, and then we, and then we, we went back to the first point of why we failed as a marketplace was because people were coming on to our platform, they would request for a service, and there would be three to five different service providers giving them different quotations. Now, let's face it, us as a me as a a, a customer who wants to get my two bedroom apartment cleaned. You know, and I have a mate who sends me a prize of 300, 500, 800, 1,000. You know, you, you would go confused. Like, you would be like, oh, how, who do I choose? How do I choose? On what basis do I choose? Right. What's the basis? Right? Yeah. Exactly. You know, so that's where we, we, we narrowed it down. We said, hey, we want to be able to just give, we want to be able to sell services. You know, we want to we want to be able to make an ex an an easy experience for customers where instead of them having to buy you know uh, uh, buy something off buy a T-shirt off a of let's say Lazada, they could just say, hey, I'm buying a made session off Seekster. You know, so we the first step we did was we standardized the prices. So you know precisely what you're going to pay to get your two bedroom apartment clean or to get your nine thousand aircon BTU serviced. Right. And and as soon as we did that, I mean, that that required a lot of work. We had to find out the industry, the market weight, the, the fair price that we could pay out to our service providers, a fair rate of commission that we could we could um, have as a platform. 
but it all turned out well because as soon as we did that, we were growing at almost 30% month on month. So, you know, there were, there were months where we went up like about almost 40% month on month. And, and we could just see there was a clear, simple, uh, positive traction where people would just come in, they would read what they were going to get for the service, and they would buy services. Right? So that, that was basically our first, first um, differentiating point. Now, when we did that, I mean, we moved along. We, we, with time, we moved, we, we moved along and we, 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 we realized, okay, price was one thing that we were quite transparent about. Now, secondly, you know, we, we, we realized that, hey, there's two ways we could go about it. We could now start doing everything in home repair and maintenance, or we could just specifically choose two services and branch out from there. What we started seeing was a lot of the people who use Seekster once would come back and start using us for the second or third services. So what we decided to do was we said, hey, every time we launch a new service, we will launch it based on what our customer wants or based on what our customer needs. So, you know, when a customer comes and use our mate once, they would, they would say, hey, do you know where I could get my, you know, get someone to come do my pest control at home? But how did you, now, it, how, did, how did you know? So it's a great idea, right? You want to give your clients services that they've already told you they need, but what was the mechanism that you used or that uh, you developed for them to be able to tell you that, right? Like, was simple, there a, simple. I just, I, me and, my co-founders just kept calling every customer that used our service. So, <laughs> awesome. so, okay. so we just we just went one by one, called every customer and said, "Hey, um, I'd like to just ask you feedback on how the service was from Seekster. Was our maid good? You know, what did you like about her? What you didn't like about her?" And just the last question: If you were to get more services, or you know, if you were in the same situation again, what other services could have helped? What other services could have we helped you with? And they would say, oh, you know, I'd like to get my, uh, you know, get get a pest control done or, you know, so perhaps uh, I'll, I'll often find it difficulties finding a plumber or electrician. So that's how we actually grew. We, we actually started increasing services from, from what our customer needed, actually. And, and today we're live at about uh, 22 services. But, you know, our core services is still maids and aircon. I mean... Uh, that does not mean that if you come in and, and ask for a plumber, you're not going to get a reliable plumber. But it's just that the volume that we are serving today, uh, you know, 80% of what we serve today is still about maids and aircon. Because every time that we have customers coming back or new customers that ask for other different services, somehow we our team just manages to match them for sure. Right? So Okay. Yeah. So is that just in... Bangkok now, or is it in the whole country, just in the like six main cities? How's how does that type of yeah. expansion work? So, so, so that's where that's where um, that's where this this uh, this decision. I, I would say. I mean, when when over time, when we you know, then we got into digital venture accelerator. Uh, I mean, first to answer your question, we're still in Bangkok only, Bangkok and Greater Bangkok. Right. But but this decision comes from the fact where you know once we enter digital ventures and. You know, we, we over time when we get got more mentors uh, talking to us, we realized that some of the other day, this B2C business and looking at other com- uh, uh, competitors out there, you know, people who would start coming in and burning money on promotions and campaigns. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if you remember, but there was actually another local competitor we had uh, two years ago who was who, who launched at a very similar time to us, but failed within the first six months. Right. What was the name of that company again? I'm not sure if I want to say it out, but um, 
Uh, these guys just lasted about six months. Uh, it, it, in a way, it doesn't really matter. Like you're not making fun. Of, you're not saying anything derogatory. It's just a fact, right? They started. Uh, yeah, sure. It didn't they, work. It, it was Tapsy. You know, Tapsy. They, they were wrong. Oh yeah, for yeah. Six I know Tapsy, and I know the guy that started. That's fine. And I think that they would tell you as well. Like they learned a lot from trying to build that, but it just yes. didn't work, right? Yes, I'm. I'm, I'm actually quite. Um, I'm actually still in touch with the founder today, and, and I'm happy he's doing really well for himself. But Ooh, Patrick, yeah, I, mean, uh, I know. Yes, him, I know yes. him really well. So yes, yes, that's correct. So I'm. I'm you know, I'm, and and I, I must thank Patrick at that point of time as well. I mean, the failures that he shared with us uh, was was we we kind of realized that you know this some of the other day it's going to be a red ocean out there for B2C players. So that's when we we realized that hey. Um, yeah, yeah. So, like Tiva said, why did you start CXO? Why did you start CXO? So I said, hey, you know what? If I if if the pain was actually from 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 my hotel, which was a B two B, right? And coming back to your point, I'm sure there's a market out there that we still have to go and serve. You know, be it offices, be it hotels, be it restaurants, be it boutique hostels, or be it factories. So then we started off with you know. Uh, serving our serving offices, I would say, we started serving offices, and we ex- and we saw exactly the the pain that that we that we were offering as our value proposition because a lot of these people, I mean offices, you know they have a they have a full time maid that they right. hire for, on a monthly basis. So let's say right. for twelve thousand baht, right? And and these and these full time maids would come in every day from Monday to Friday, and they would just sit there. Uh, you know, they would do their work for about three to four hours a day. The rest of the time, they would just sit idle, playing with their phones or just walking around. Right, and remember, their remit was not to be a handy person. Their remit was to clean up the kitchen and serve people food, and you know that exactly. type of thing. So exactly, they were doing their job. Their job just wasn't that broad. Exactly. So 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 then so then we actually realized that hey, you know, our our value or our our, our packages could sell exactly to serve these companies in both ways. So what we went out there and we piloted this case was we were like, hey, you know what, why don't you do, why don't you subscribe to us as a pay-as-you-go model? So basically, if you needed a maid for just, you know, that many hours a week, uh, you could just hire a maid for three times a week for four hours a session. You know, and at this point of time, you would just at this in this case, you would pay like six thousand baht a month, which is almost thirty to fifty percent of what you pay on a monthly basis, right? So, so we launched this actually seven months ago, and uh, and and today we have almost about three hundred offices using us in Bangkok, not just for maids, but also for our repair for their repair needs, right? Right, and 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 like our, our revenue today is almost um, our B two B revenue today is almost seventy percent of our total revenue. Should be so. So, so we we definitely saw the the space that we wanted to fill, and this is this comes to my second point of how we're different from our competitors, is that today we have gone we have dug deep into this whole this this B two B vertical so much that that we know exactly like how to retain our our customers, and this is something that that our other marketplaces or other competitors um, lack because you know I, I I can probably say that we have a retention rate of eighty five percent compared to other marketplaces that would have about thirty to thirty four percent of market of of market retention. And what do you think what do you think the differentiating factor is there on the because re- retention's hard, right? Yes. Um so you know, I was I, I would say this all comes down to the value you can actually provide to them. Uh it's it's it was never that these guys didn't want a month you know, didn't want someone who uh, a platform that they could use again and again. But you know, a lot of things come into fact here. A lot of things like UX, UI of your platform. You know, the fact that you offer um, the, the kind of services that you offer. So, so today, 
we have a team of 24 people and and we have almost every department in our uh, that that is necessary for this kind of business in in our in our company you know because at the end of the day we are not just a tech company we we are a service tech company sure you know we are a service tech company and and i have and and over time we have you know we have built teams for like operations so operations as call center they have uh you know, uh, customer support, and they have troubleshoot. So in case there's any problems, these troubleshoot solve. We have a sales team. We have a sales team that does only selling, you know, selling uh, packages. So these B2B packages to to different offices or, or, or hotels. Then we have a provider quality team, the team that looks into just, you know, onboarding and the quality assurance of our service providers because obviously this is the backbone of our business. Right, we, we 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 have to make sure that the quality of our service providers is 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 topmost uh, priority. Right. So so this you know so so things like this is something that a lot of other marketplaces have have forgotten or have overlooked. I would say, because just being a, a tech company of matching uh, a seeker A with with provider B doesn't just end there because it's it's the whole loop that you're missing out on. In case you know something goes wrong in between, or you know, are you are you providing them a guarantee that each service provider has gone through a curation process? Um, what if something goes wrong when the service provider goes into their house, or what if the service provider doesn't turn up at their house at all? What if something breaks? What if they want to use the same service provider afterwards? You know, so these are the kind of things that I I I I thank ourselves and our mentors that we we. This is a route that we didn't take, and we went more than just being a marketplace. Because um, at the end, we would have not survived just being a marketplace. Because you know, you would just make you would just make commission. I mean, you would just make money by selling credits or coins to service providers to let them come and bid for a job. But let's face it, you would just make a hundred to two hundred baht maximum on each inquiry. Right. And there's you know, no but, and there's no barrier to entry to doing that, right? Exactly. And today we make about fifteen to thirty percent commission on every transaction we have on our platform, you. which you know, which which our basket size is about nine hundred baht. Uh, you know, so so that that definitely accounts for more than just selling credits or coins to service providers and having them bid for each job, which customers hate. You know, they don't like having five service providers um, bid for one one particular job. Right. So it's really interesting. Uh, I want to come full circle to a topic that we addressed earlier, but I want to comment on that too because I do think it's interesting, and that is this. I once asked somebody who was in the e-commerce marketplace business, right? How do you do curation, and how do you have proper product discovery? Uh-huh. Okay? And I think it's really important. And and again, you standardize price, which I think is – that that's awesome because you take price out as a as a differentiating factor. So now you're just talking about service, service level – and that's actually the more important thing, right? Like most people, they don't care if they're going to pay 150 baht or 170 baht. They want someone to be on time. They want them to be reliable, and they want the service to be high. So you figure that out, and that's really good. But this one guy said to me when I asked him about product discovery, he was like, we don't have a discovery problem. We have 2 million products on our platform. Anything you want to find, you can find. And I didn't push, but he didn't understand the question. Mm. And you clearly have, and that is – Sometimes having you know a massive amount of choice is not necessarily the best way to provide the highest level of customer service. Right, you have too right. much choice, right? Right, and 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 you know that's that's the reason that today we don't want to. Uh, you know, a lot of people ask me uh, why not expand to you know Phuket, Chiang Mai, Pattaya, 
you know, all the top six cities in Thailand, uh, or why not expand to different sort of services that you have on your platform? Right. And 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 I think the answer is pretty simple for us is that, you, you know, our tech is ready. Our, our our platform's pretty ready. I mean, I can just deploy two or three more people each city, and we can we can we can be live by tomorrow. But the our our main goal and our main core of service is it's all about the quality of service that we provide, right? Uh, it's all about the quality. So so today, I mean, my I'm I'm heavily investing into you know our training center. I'm making a certain guidelines or policies for my team to actually make sure that each and every service provider. And today we have more than three thousand technicians and maids. And each of all these service providers are curated. You know, they go through a police background check. They come in in person to the office and sign a contract that says that you are a freelancer or seekster and you will comply to these policies and guidelines. And you know, then they have to go through a training and and, and workshop. Um, you know, and and these are the kind of things that that we and and obviously that's short term, but long term we then have a review and rating system as part of the algorithm that makes the whole decisions of you know whether to ban them or whether to give them the first warning or not. Right. But 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 you know, focusing on this is is our core because we believe that if we can just focus on on one or two services as our main core, you know, the, having that first hundred thousand users that love Seekster for what we are and trust us for what we are, you know, as soon as we add more services, be it tutor or photography in the future, I mean, not like I'm saying I'm going to go there, but, but they would certainly come back and buy the service from our platform because, you know, they're, they're, they're stuck to us. They trust us, they believe us, and they love us. Right, and look, that's the brand promise, right? And that is we promise you that we're going to, the things that we do, we're going to do ridiculously well, and we won't do yeah. something unless we feel like we can really excel at it because otherwise we're going to ruin that brand. When people think of Seekster, you want them to think of super high-quality service, not just getting something done but getting it done at the highest possible level, right? Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> so let's swing back around. This is actually really interesting to me now that I get a much better sense of what the full or at least most of the story is, right? Yeah. So now you go home, you know, to your mom and dad, you have dinner with your family, <laughs> and you already went. You already said you went through this point where you had this one day, but you didn't win that competition, and you thought to yourself, "I'm done. Yeah. Like, I'm done. This is not going to work. I didn't figure it out. Yeah. I'm going to shut this thing down." Now, what's really great, actually, and I think that all great entrepreneurs do this, is they find a way just to move forward, right? Right. One of the things that you should teach your own kids, and I try to teach mine, is that no individual day is fatal. Right. And that it may feel like it is. And some days maybe, but in reality, like 98% of the time, no individual day is fatal. But you survived that. Yeah, and that takes a lot of balls. It just does. There's no other way to say it. Like, it takes incredible courage just to sit down and just say, wait a second, I can make this work. And then to go out and to seek the right mentoring. Tua is actually, like, one of the best people in the region at that, not just in Bangkok. Uh, I can agree. I can definitely And agree. I don't say that lightly. I've, I mean, I've spoken to him a lot. I, I know him, and I have the greatest respect for him. And I'm guessing that he introduced you to this book called Start With Why, the Simon Sinek book, yeah? Um, if he hasn't, I would be surprised. But it's a really good um, treatise on how to sort of right. approach business problems. But what's really interesting to me is now when you go home and you talk to your mom and your dad – and you know everything's a work in progress, but they must be really proud of you. Right. I mean, I mean, you know, I I have seen that when we when we won Digital Ventures, um, 
you know, so yeah, so so the funny thing here is that my dad, a lot of times, till till last, uh, till about seven or eight months ago, he would still be like, you know, are you sure you want to do this? And you know, you you have you have you know you have your hotels, you have your shop, and you know, I'm running a money exchange. You can come back anytime. Just work with the, for for the family. Right. You know what? But yeah, I I think a lot of times that that you know, like you said. Parents always have a hidden meaning behind it, but that that kind of always drove me because I was like, you know, I started Seekster and I'm not going to let it just fail. Right, just I'm, not back. I'm not going back. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going back for sure. But you know, as as soon as we won Digital Ventures and um, uh, I became second, we got the funding, and yeah, you know, I actually saw I saw tears in my dad's eyes. Yeah, and, I was going to say, you know, and that's that's the first time that I actually realized that my dad was. So he, he's he's very hard to appreciate anyone. That's just his nature. But right. but um but you know my 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 mom would always say at t- from time to time she would tell me that she's happy and proud. You know, obviously she doesn't want me to fly in the air as well. But but yeah, my dad really you know he had tears, and then that's the first time I realized that hey you know what I may have somehow some you know given a made him proud a little bit. <laughs> but that's just that that's that just gave me motivation to keep going. And, right. You know, and, and thankfully today we we have us uh, we have made an impact to some extent, and uh, and thankfully a lot of me um, I've been covered on most of the media here in Bangkok locally as well. Yeah. And and you know every time my dad you know his friends sends him messages and <laughs> and talk about a sister, I'm sure he's he's happy and proud about it. But but I I just feel that you know it's humble and humility is the key. So I I I try not to. Let him let them speak a lot about it with me as well. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I mean, look, the a father son relationship is a very delicate balance between, um, you know, discipline, support, and pride. And I think this is a great way actually to end the telling, at least of this part of the story, because I feel like you and I will come back and do this a few months later just to catch up, if that's okay with you. But I think for it's sure, really sure. neat. But I think it's really neat if you think about. You know, grandpa or great grandpa saying, I've got to get out of here and find a better opportunity, not just for me, right, but for my whole family. And then building that bit by bit. And you know from listening to the stories, the struggles that were there and what it took just to get to have an opportunity to do it, much less to succeed at it. And then to have three generations later, your dad look at you. And even with all of the opportunity you had internally to go, I'm going to do this on my own. And to have him and your family watch you. You know, success is a strange word, right? But to watch you sort of not fail yet is actually really impressive, and that's a great thing. Right. And I hope, and I hope we. I mean, I hope I don't disappoint them at any point of time, and uh, just just hope to keep on this uh, this streak and 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 achieve greater heights from here on. Okay. Look, that's a great way to end. I really, really, truly appreciate your time. Um, I want to thank you so much for taking the time this afternoon to come and talk to me. CEO, founder of Seekster, Saheb Aban. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really appreciate your time. And is there like, what's the best way for someone to contact you or to get in touch with your business or to find out more about what you guys do? Sure. I mean, you could add me up on LinkedIn. So Saheb Anan Sumit, that's my name, or just simply shoot me an email at uh, Saheb S A H I B at Seekster co. Okay, that's yeah. awesome. Thank you again so much. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Michael, for this. Thank you. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at www.asiatechpodcast.com.